There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Right now, we are going to be talking tech. We have the man who is knowledgeable about tech, but also excellent when it comes to cooking. So more from him. We've been talking about these brownies all day, so I'm looking forward to trying them. Drive Live talks technology in association with Samsung. Hello, Nick Rago. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm reeling from the chocolate overdose. I think I may have had way too many brownies. Oh, dear. Did you lick the bowl? <laughs> I did not. I'm, I have, you know, <laughs> standards. No, you do not. <laughs> Moody's, Moody's text in and says, um, you know, question for Nick. When can we get a bite of those brownies? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to figure out some sort of teleportation or open brownie radio day sort of thing. That could be interesting. We can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can answer questions live in the studio and put me on the spot. Yeah, and I will embarrass myself. Yeah, we could do an outside. We could we could take the show on the road take to it Nick's on the road. house. Yes, and there could well. be a, a constant stream of brownies coming in. Maybe <laughs> we could do that. We could do we could do something fun with that. I think it. I think that sounds like a marvelous idea. So, Nick, you have been busy baking. Yes. Um, any particular reason, or just because you love us? Just because I love you guys. Good answer. That's what it is. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um. So we are going to talk about. Uh, a lie detector now, Nick. That's where okay. we're go- that's where we're going to start. And Emma has admitted <laughs> on live radio oh, no. that she thinks this actually might not be the worst thing in the world. I so- quite like it. Rubbish Kickstarters. Famous last words, Emma, is all I want to say. Famous oh, last okay, words. Okay. So, Nick, tell us about this week's rub- rubbish Kickstarter because I, f- I feel like I don't want to already. <laughs> I love I love it when you hate them. No, okay, all right, fine. I will I will do it. I'll do it. So, have you ever had a conversation with someone uh, and just kind of you know you're having the conversation, but at the back of your mind you're thinking to yourself, is this person you know are they telling me the truth? If you ask them, if you know you ask the opinion on something, mm. or is this person paying attention to me or whatever? Have you ever thought of these kind of scenarios where you you don't trust the person you're talking to? Well, I know I certainly have just being on this radio program. <laughs> That's why you need. Zedek. Now, Zedek is, as per the Indiegogo campaign, the portable detector of human human emotions. Because apparently looking at someone's face isn't enough. Suspicious already. Yes. Is all I'm saying. Yes. Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Of course, because this is what we all need. This is what we we need. We need to be walking around with these lie detectors in your ears telling us, you know what? Emma doesn't really like that brownie, so you should never bake those for her ever again. It, that would be false completely. <laughs> she hasn't even tried it, and we know that's false. Yeah. So this is uh, the makers explaining why they think we need to have this portable lie detector test. Who has ever dreamed of super abilities? For example, to easily distinguish between a truth and a lie, or to know whether your new friend likes you or not, or whether you stand a chance, or what to say so that your boss will like you. People always try to recognize hidden emotions, read the thoughts that others do not want to say aloud, learn the feelings and desires of your partners and opponents. Sometimes we're just curious, but sometimes knowing what others do not want to show is vitally important. He just sounds weird. He just sounds like he, he sounds like he's got something to hide. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think he probably does. Um, when he when he talks about knowing what your partner and your opponents are thinking, what is he what is he playing? You know what is that? I mean, I never walk about my daily life and think, I wonder what my opponent is thinking. Exactly. I mean, I think I think this would be you know if if 
if anyone you know who's who's got who's married and kind of has has had a scenario where is my spouse telling me the truth? Is that you know is my child telling me the truth regarding what happened at, at that school? That is married life. Yeah. yeah, that is married life. So you know, let's put an end to that. Let's all give each other uh, lie detectors and, and see what happens. So I'm I'm going to roll producer Aisha into this because she's she was initially very excited about this. Now I want to know how it works. Do you have to get someone hooked up to the machine, or does it like do you just scan them and it oh, tells wait. you? Oh wait, we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna explain the tech. We're gonna explain the tech. But you know, essentially, that is what marriage is. Oh, can you go to the shop? Oh, I didn't go past it on the way home. Sorry. Um, what, <laughs> Say what that film? again. Say that again slowly and look into my eyes. <laughs> what film do you want to go and see? Oh, I really want to go and see that. Do you? It looks great. That film looks great. That is kind of what married life is, Nick. Um, yeah, yeah. So terrible. this is the technology behind the device, Aisha. So now you can decide if you want to get on board or not. Our team created Civic, a remote portable household sense and emotion detector. A system for analyzing emotions, lies, empathy, and other feelings experienced by a person in real time. Cedric is based on a special software installed on a mobile phone and a remote device. A specially designed multi-channel sensor camera which examines the object in several modes. With this miniature gadget, our designers were able to combine several highly sensitive instruments. Still in... That was quite an abrupt ending. Sorry. <laughs> Still into it, Aisha? This is really interesting because I've recently been having a talk with people. Mm. And I've been asking people around because my husband is a very good judge of character. Okay. And I like everybody I meet. Like, I literally don't have any kind of barrier which makes Aww, me go, oh, that's that adorable. This, this person, there's something obviously very wrong What's with this person. What's that like, Aisha? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just like being me. And so I asked Rich in 92 and he said, we have lost our instincts. And if you go back to your instincts, you will, you will instinctively know the things that apparently I feel that this lie detector is claiming to know. Yeah, I'm the opposite of you. Everyone's shady until I get to know them. That's probably a good one to be. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Um, I, I feel like I'm fairly trustworthy when it comes to people, but then I think within about a couple of minutes, I'm able to tell if they if people are really kind of telling me what I want to hear or they're telling the truth. So I'm I'm I therefore you know I think I'm more like a natural lie detector. Yeah, I think I'm kind of I would say I was a reasonable judge of character. I. It's my my judgment has rarely let me down with people. Most people I think are nice end up being nice, and most people I think who are a bit sly end up being sly. <laughs> I do think that. So. I would like that ability, but <laughs> failing that, I need Zedek. I feel. <laughs> but your husband, Rich, and your husband are kind of right. They, it's about everyone's got that instinct about people. It's just about listening to it. Mm. I'm, I'm excitable, so when I meet people, I'm like, oh, some, someone new to talk to and find out everything about them, which right. can be a bit overpowering. So if fair. you're not yet sold on this Kickstarter, everyone, this is the true advantage of having the Zedek. The Zedek system has three main advantages. Stealth, ease of use, and immediate results. Zedek is designed for the mass consumer. It is simple and easy to use. Moreover, in addition to receiving messages on your phone, you can still fully get the results right into your ear. The accuracy of such rapid analysis ranges from 75 to 90%. I don't, I, that's a bit weird though for me. You have this little thing, device in your ear, it's going, that person's lying to you. <laughs> Imagine they weren't though. Imagine it's like not someone was accurate. That's quite worrying. Imagine Has someone it? was telling you the truth. It's just, not. It's not. Yeah. It's okay. 70 to 90. Yeah. No. No. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you you don't know how accurate it's going to be, and if you know, suppose you're falsely 
telling someone like you're lying you're lying no this little voice in my ear is saying you're lying and the other person will try and you know their best to plead their case like no no I'm telling you the truth who are you going to believe really the person that's actually in front of you or the voice in your head <laughs> well yeah <laughs> the um that what's interesting in their sort of chat about Zedek they say that um they try and use uh, figures and numbers to to blind us with the science they say it's a known fact that the emotional status of humans or any change of it is always in 100% of cases reflected by external uh, physiological reactions so people skim reading that I'll say 100% of cases mm-hmm. oh it must be 100% right this this device then so imagine, for example, Aisha, you have uh, children. Say one of them, like that poor little boy the other day on Trending, broke a glass panel. Oh, and yeah, one of your boy. children yeah. said, it wasn't me, it's my sibling. And the other one said the same thing. And this lie detector told you the wrong one of them was lying. You would be terrible. Yeah, no, that would be awful. And in fact, I, my husband has a story like that from his childhood where, you know, he's forced to admit something he hadn't done and then he got in trouble for it. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah, I think... I don't know. You can't rely on this. It actually reminds me of uh, if you've seen. Have you ever watched The Wire, the series? No. Where they hook people up to the. Is it the photocopier? They hook them up to <laughs> and they go, "This is a lie detector." <laughs> and it's actually the the fact that you're being told that you're hooked up to the lie detector. Then obviously you become really suspicious if you're yeah. lying. Yeah. So I think maybe making people believe they're hooked up to a lie detector would just make them naturally act more sus- suspicious if they were lying to you. Well, this is the thing. If so, people just get nervous in certain situations, don't they? And some some people are just generally fidgety or, you know, there are some people that won't look you in the eye for various reasons and all the rest of it and that kind of thing. So I don't know. It's a, kind of a bit of a hit and miss technology, I think, but I still quite like it. Okay, okay so right. Nick, yeah, take <laughs> it away. Let's, let's get to the sort of the bones of it. So if you, how much would you pay, Emma, then to have this voice in your ear telling you if people are lying or not? I'd... It's not how much would I pay. I think. Do you want me to? How much I think it costs? All right. So how much do you think it costs? I think it's going to be around three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. Okay. And LT, do you want to wager a guess, real quick? How much would the voices in your head cost? <laughs> I think for not a lot the of people, ones. they come yeah. free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Oh, I have no idea. Five hundred US dollars. Five hundred. Are you sure? Any guesses? I think maybe even higher, 700. 700, wow, okay. I wouldn't pay that much. It's actually going for the bargain price of only $98. (gasps) Wow, Wow. that's even more proof (laughs) that it absolutely does not work. Well, here's the fun thing. They're looking for $100,000 to be funded. They have a month to go. They've so far raised a whopping $60. From one person, which is probably someone's parent. No, it's Emma. Oh. Yeah. It's Emma. She thinks it's great. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. I can click here. It's, yeah, one, one anonymous backer from the United, Ar- United Arab Emirates. Hey! Yep. There we go. Right. Not synonymous after all. But yeah, it's I terrible. can't get over so, it. Uh, let us know oh. on the text 4001. Offer free via the Dubai iMessaging app. Would you want a voice in your uh, ear telling you if people are lying or not? Uh, yeah, text us now 4001. We'd like to hear from you. Drive Live talks technology in association with Samsung. Nick Wago is here from Tech Radar and answering your questions. Yes, I am. If you want your question answered, the best thing to do, 4001 or via the free app if you want to call him. Uh, sometimes the questions can be a bit complicated. We do like to have you on the phone to 04871 5500B like Nasir. Nasir's texting for you, Nick, and says this. I'm planning to buy a soundbar for multiple uses, so gaming, movies, podcasts, etc. What would your recommendation be for a mid to high end range one? What about the Samsung HWMS 650? 
Okay, so uh, thanks for texting in, um, Nasser. Now, for the Samsung soundbars, funnily enough, I actually have one at home. I have the 550 series, which has a wireless subwoofer. And the model you've quoted is a good one, but I'm not sure if that's the one that has a wireless subwoofer as well. So if you are buying a soundbar, I would particularly look at ones that have the wireless sub- subwoofer. And within Samsung, you can have them from starting from, I think, as cheap as like 400 dirhams up to like 2,000 dirhams. They have various models depending on your budget. Um, so the model you have selected is pretty good good entry-level one. I think it retails for about uh, 750, 780 dirhams. Uh, but again, just double-check that it has a wireless sound, uh, sound, uh, sorry, a woofer, because that kind of gives you the best punch and the best sound overall, especially if you're doing things like gaming and movies. You want that kind of depth of uh, of audio quality. So yeah, definitely look for something in the Samsung uh, Samba series that has a wireless subwoofer. And Nick, you know, in terms of a sound bar, like the the brand, the one that he's uh, NASA's mentioned, um, can you add to that in terms of kit? You know, once you get a sound bar, can you put other things on there, or does it not? work like that yeah so some soundbars you can some you can't with the some of the, with the samsung one that nasus particularly talked about uh you i don't think you can you basically are stuck with with the one soundbar unit you have uh with companies like sonos you can add on different um elements to the sort of audio setup you have so you could have the sonos soundbar in front of your tv uh, right right below uh your tv in front of you you can have the the subwoofer at a later date you can then add smaller sonos speakers wirelessly to sit behind you to create a five one surround sound so it really just depends on the manufacturers some manufacturers will allow you to wirelessly add and remove uh, more speakers but most of them when you buy a soundbar you just get this one soundbar and a subwoofer and that's about it so it really just depends on on kind of your tastes that's um the sonos is what i have i think um it's it's buildable so you you don't yeah, have to yeah. spend all it's the almost, money at once yeah it's almost like know? a lego system you can kind of pick and choose what you want if you want bigger speakers uh, for the living room if you want smaller ones as well you can just kind of uh, change accordingly depending on your use and your budget okay and um good question from nilantha saying uh, what would you recommend as a good car speaker system so i don't have a, too much of experience with the speaker systems for cars but i have a friend of mine who's a complete car junkie and he highly recommends uh some of the models from panasonic i have a panasonic uh, head unit in my car that i installed which basically converts my a standard radio system into an Android system. So when I connect mm-hmm. my phone, I get Google navigation and things like that. And you can pair that up with Panasonic speakers. So you could look at something from that. I know Harman Kardon as well do a couple of collections that are quite good. Um, so it really just depends on your budget. But sort of just going off of my friend's recommendations, look at something that uh, is available from Panasonic and kind of just go from there. Okay. Okay, Nick, let's look at some of the stories actually you brought in this week because there's a few to get through. And um, the first one we're going to talk about is the Lenovo ThinkPad P1. Um, I mean, is having the thinnest laptop the most important thing would you say because that's the big selling point with well the thing is that the thing to remember about thinkpad p1 is it's a business laptop so if you're a business user you are running about going on meetings going from one place to the other you want something that's lightweight you want something that's easy to pack up and travel with so ideally if you've got a laptop that is thin and the p1 is thin at only 18.4 millimeters then it's a huge selling point Uh, what also makes the thinkpad p1 really good is um, it's got really powerful internals so if you are somebody who's uh, working on AutoCAD or Premiere Pro or a lot of really memory-intensive and processor-intensive programs, you advantage you have the advantage of the latest 8th generation Intel uh, Xeon processors as well as NVIDIA Quadro P2000 graphics. And these are graphics uh, chips that are specifically made 
for uh, really sort of high intensive applications like 3D modeling, uh, CAD design work and things like that. So you have all this power in a very thin and lightweight uh, uh, laptop, then yeah, it is an important factor to, to keep in mind. If you're looking at consumer laptops where maybe you're just a student or somebody who's, who's gaming every now and then, then you know having the thinnest and lightest laptop isn't, isn't the most important thing. But definitely for somebody who's a business user who's out and about a lot of times, you want something that's portable and easy to carry on, that's for sure. Okay, and um, looking at some uh, geek news, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but we'll give it a go. Uh, NVIDIA. NVIDIA. NVIDIA, sorry, announces its new GPU architecture, Turing. This is something that NLT knows all about, so I'm just well, going to throw I, it to oh, her. Yeah, okay. Long story short, let me fill you in on this, guys. No, no, no. Why? I don't know why you're both oh, laughing. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm going to fill you in. Okay, all right. Basically, it's for next generation graphics cards, and um, it's better than most people would have imagined, isn't it, Nick? Because uh, Turing have incorporated quite a number of new features and technologies, including RT cores. Uh, they power real-time ray tracing, and uh, the specialized cores essentially compute things like how light and sound travel in a 3D environment at a rate of up to 10 giga rays. Can we turn her microphone off? Because she's just being what? smart now. <laughs> so is, this, is this for... Yay! Oh, she got a... Oh. About self praise yesterday. Uh, okay, how long have you been waiting to push that button, Nancy? How long? I did actually. I <laughs> In the actually, years we've been doing this program I, together, <laughs> I used it. I did use it yesterday, uh, yeah. actually. But um, I still uh, think, nonetheless, I that was okay. That Nick. was all right. That's all right. Okay, I'll give that to you. So essentially, what it is is Nvidia's new graphics cards. Um, the previous architecture was Pascal architecture, and it was a fantastic um, GPU architecture for you know very complicated. Uh, computations, ray tracing, and things like that. And what NVIDIA has basically said is that with Turing, you have something that's 25 times faster than the previous architecture. So if you're looking at complicated mathematical problems, you're looking at ray tracing for real-time uh, video generation, things like that, this GPU is sort of all singing, all dancing. Now, regarding uh, regarding readability, it is something that's going to be coming to the market fairly soon. But what's going to be more interesting is we have to wait and see whether or not NVIDIA will bring uh, this the Turing architecture to the GeForce series, which is a consumer level off graphics cards so we'll have to wait and see okay um if you have a question for nick do of course get in touch he likes answering your questions uh, the only thing that really seems to stump him is if you ask him about camera lenses that's that's probably <laughs> it's it not, it's not my remit that's, yeah I'm, it's just not the thing that you're blatantly into blatantly admit that it's not my remit so as long as it's not about camera lenses which we do often get texting about them actually <laughs> i think people just do that just to get on my nerves <laughs> anything else though nick is great do text us four double zero one or via the free messaging app if you want to talk to him on the phone that's okay two oh four eight seven one five five zero zero to get your questions through to Nick. So let's have a look at some of the other stories that you've got as well, Nick, because um, there's all the talk about Windows uh, 10 being ran through Google Chromebooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this and, is really cool, actually. Um, yeah. Why is it cool? <laughs> I'm glad you asked me that, NLT. <laughs> so for, for the longest time, Chromebooks have just kind of been these sort of pseudo laptop replacements where you can, you know, buy them, use them when you have an internet connection. Um, you don't have to worry about installing a lot of programs because it just runs off simple Chrome OS. You can run everything in your browser. Everyone, everyone's happy. But people, you know, have looked at, at the Chromebooks and said, you know, this is a great built laptop. It's It works like a charm. What if I could run Windows on it? And, and actually, mm. that, you know, hopefully will be possible because uh, Google is basically actively looking 
looking to bring Windows 10 to Chromebooks in a sort of a dual boot mode. So they're working on something called, um, it's like an alt OS uh, mode where um, you'll be able to dual boot either Chrome OS or Windows 10. So when you turn on your Chromebook, it'll ask you, what do you want to boot? Do you want to boot into Chrome OS and use it that way or boot into Windows 10? Uh, which is pretty cool because I think it kind of, it, it flexes uh, Google's muscle with the Chromebook a little bit more because I think people like the design and feel of the Chromebook and, and kind of how it works. But they would like to do a lot more with it, which you can't necessarily do with Chrome OS because it is tied down to you having an internet connection and you're limited to the kind of applications you can install it. So if you've got full-blown Windows 10 running on it, then it definitely opens it up to a lot more possibilities for uh, for Google Chromebooks. Okay. Um, I just feel like that is a bit beyond my, you know... Well, think of it this way. If, if if you've got a MacBook and, you know, you've got programs running on Windows and you've, you're running on a Mac and you think, oh, you know, I wish I could run, you know, this particular software on it. You can do that on, on a yeah. Mac OS. You can, you know, install. There are it's obviously, like borrowing bits from. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, can, okay. you can basically run it within either within Mac OS or you can install Windows on your Mac, boot into it and run it like you would normal, you know, on laptops. So that's kind of what people have been wishing for Chromebooks. And Google is looking to to finally bring that to fruition. Do you think though there's an incentive um, sometimes to not be so um, cooperative or to make um, the platforms not work together so well? I think yes and no, but at the same time you kind of miss out. If I mean, there, there was nothing sort of stopping Apple from just continuing with macOS and saying no, we don't want to run Windows on our machines. But I think people, you know, they, they realize that okay, the architecture and the design and everything about the Mac is great. Why not give people the flexibility? You know, nine times out of ten they're still going to stick with macOS, but every now and then they want to dip into Windows for something. Yeah. So why to give them a flexibility and that will sort of make people love your brand even more so i think google's seeing that it's seeing the power of having windows 10 run on its chromebooks yeah. and so they're saying you know why don't we just open up to people and see you know what they prefer running simple as that drive live talks technology in association with samsung Okay, we're talking technology with Nick Rago, and he's answering your questions. I mean, you've got a couple of questions that have come in for Nick there. Yes, we have. Uh, first one is, uh, says, I want to ask about a good and affordable laptop for student use, please. Any recommendations? Yeah, sure. You can get something um, from Acer or HP easily. They would get something in at least for 1,000, 1,500 rims. Currently, I'm looking on Souk. You can get the Lenovo IdeaPad 320. Uh, it is an Intel Celeron, so it's a, sort of lower-end specs, but if it's basic student use it should be fine you can get it for just 1061 dirhams uh, currently on souk.com that is the Lenovo IdeaPad 320 so check that out for student use and um, something that we've just been talking about hi Nick (laughs) what do you think is a good solution for streaming laptop screens on a 55 inch TV okay that's coming from Manu thanks for texting in Manu now uh, I don't quite know what laptop you have unfortunately so if you've got a, a MacBook uh, then the easy thing to do is if you've got an Apple TV, you can stream that way. But if you have a Windows machine, um, you have a couple of options. If you've got um, Chrome running on your machine, you just want to try and uh, mirror something like Netflix or you want to mirror um, YouTube or something like that, you can get a Chromecast and plug that into your TV. And you can uh, anything that you see in your Chrome browser, you can then just throw straight to your TV. Uh, but if you want to do something else like watch a DVD on your laptop and throw that to your TV, then uh, the, the best thing to do, honestly for the least amount of lag would just be plugging an HDMI cable. That's my easiest recommendation. Do we still use DVDs? Uh, Funnily enough, I did that two days ago. Did you? I was watching Chocolat because I couldn't find it anywhere online on my iTunes or on my on Netflix. I'm just like, I have the DVD somewhere and I did and I fished it out and we watched it on DVD. 
Um, Manu's come back in and says, yes, it's a MacBook. So, okay, definitely, Manu, my, my recommendation is go and get an Apple TV. It is a great device to have just, you know, for mirroring, but also you can get Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and YouTube, everything on it. Uh, if you don't want to spend too much money on the newest generation uh, Apple TV, you can get last year's model as well. It still works just as fine. And uh, the only thing you're missing out on is voice navigation. But honestly, it works like a charm. Yeah, I think ours is quite old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gen 2 is perfectly doesn't make, fine. Yeah, yeah, doesn't make a difference. And Nick, this is an interesting story you brought in today. Um, I <laughs> wanted to make sure we had enough time to get it because, um, first of all, if I said fax machine, mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that still has one, but you actually would be surprised. Yeah. More people than you realise. Yeah. It's kind of still in the corner, yeah. is there. Whether people are actually using it or not is a different matter, but... Your fax machine could be the weak link, <laughs> essentially, is what we're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I have to I have to clarify these aren't these aren't the sort of fax machines that we used to use in the '90s, which was literally just a fax machine in the corner with you know sheets of paper in it. These are sort of the multifunction fax machines that are most of the time connected to an internal company network, so that people mm. can fax using their emails, they can receive faxes in their inbox via email, things like that. So these kind of devices, the fax protocol is something that has been around since the early '90s, and there haven't been a lot of sort of security uh, improvements in that protocol. So uh, what people are saying is that mm -hmm. there have been some known bugs and some known backdoors in certain fax machines from certain well-known manufacturers, um, wherein through their fax portal, they're able to get access to an internal network, which is mind-boggling because you didn't think that, you know, a fax machine could be hacked. But mm -hmm. again, we're not talking about a standard fax machine. We're talking about these multifunction ones which can scan, copy, fax, print, do all the bells and whistles because they're connected to an internal network. So because you have that kind of ins uh, in this, this unsecured backdoor to your network, a uh, company is just sort of being cautioned that if you have this multifunction device on your network, just make sure that you're kind of looking at logs and looking at, you know, yeah. who's got access to that some of the username and passwords for the admin panel to the printer make sure all these things are locked down because you don't want rogue people trying to get access to this um, illegally and then kind of wreaking havoc with your network okay uh, martin's text in a uh, question for you nick hi nick my son is building his own desktop te desktop rather for gaming he's bought all the bits and now needs to build it i know nothing about it he's learned from the internet should i be worried I can he electrocute himself <laughs> or blow it up? Oh. And this now now Martin this is hasn't said genuine, this. This is a genuine question. This is a genuine question. Yeah. Martin hasn't said this, but he's also sort of hinting at can he actually blow up the house? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So Martin, I don't think he can blow it up, but he can very easily short circuit it and then cause permanent damage. So the motherboard itself, where everything slots into, is a very sensitive piece of tech. So if you have a little bit of static on your body and you touch the underside of the motherboard, it just instantly will short circuit and you're, you're gone. If you uh, connect like the wrong kind of voltage around, you could short circuit something. So it just it, you just have to be very careful when uh, you're operating, the, actually putting the motherboard onto the case, making sure that you have some something in place where you don't, you can basically discharge static from your body so that if you touch something, you're not causing any havoc. Um, this, I mean, electrocution is only going to happen if he's played around with the internal wiring and things like that. Most of the times when you're connecting power supplies and stuff, these securely come in cables which literally clamp onto the motherboard, so there's no real danger in electrocuting himself. But honestly, Martin, what I would say is um, just make sure that he's plugging everything in securely, everything is going in the right place, especially things like the processor and the RAM. Uh, and once it's all seated properly, then turn it on safely and see how it goes. I mean, Martin saying, um, I don't know anything about it, which is fair enough. Um, Martin, hopefully that's a bit reassuring, but actually, Nick, 
you know, as you've mentioned, it's more straightforward than people might imagine. Yeah, yeah. there are a few precautions you need to take just just based on using any kind of delicate electronics, but it's not that hard because everything can only go in one particular slot. You can't mix it's, it up. It's a little bit like putting together flat pack furniture. It is. That's a little bit more stressful than putting together a PC, I will have to say. <laughs> so Having done both. Really? Really, honestly. Sometimes so even I could build a little even, computer. You know what? That would make an amazing segment. We would literally give you the entire of the segment to you to put in the corner, just put together a gaming PC. Well, say, how many people are actually building? Are people still actively building their own gaming PCs? The reason it doesn't necessarily need to be a gaming PC; it can be a normal PC for your home or office. But the reason a lot of people tend to or are still doing this is because of flexibility. You can buy components from various manufacturers and mix and match them to something that matches your budget. You kind of have that kind of proud moment where you've built something yourself, mm. and it's it's all about flexibility. You can you can basically build whatever you want because it's within your budget, it's within your specifications, and then you just snap them together. Simple as that. And would it be something like if, you know, maybe Martin's son builds this and then decides, oh, I need a bit more memory. You can then go in and swap that yeah, out. Yeah, you can literally then, yeah. go out and swap to as much as uh, your motherboard can support. And that's the beauty of having something you've built yourself is you can just mix and match things as you progress. I've had a computer at home for about five and a half years that I've built. And I think only last year I put in an extra stick of RAM and an extra hard drive and that's all I need. That's really wow. impressive. Really good, yeah. That is really, really impressive. I'm I actually try. very impressed. I try. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember my cousin building. Yeah, and they're uh, a lot his. of fun. They really are a lot of fun. Um, and I'm I, honestly, Martin, just just make sure he's not, you know, plugging anything in the wrong way. Uh, follow all the directions that come with the manufacturer's instructions for screwing the motherboard in the right places in the um, in the case. The one thing I will definitely 100% uh, ask you to supervise is when installing a processor, make sure that you're applying a suitable amount of thermal paste on it in order before you put the heatsink on because a lot of times processors uh, won't cool properly or will burn out quickly because there's not enough paste in between the heatsink and the processor. So make sure that you are putting a uh, sufficient amount of heatsink, uh, uh, sorry, a thermal paste in between the heatsink and the actual processor. Martin, I'd love to know how old your son is actually. I'd be really interested to know, you know, yeah. at what age... Um, you know, his son's got this interest. Let you us know, know Martin, text yeah. us. Text Martin, and, and text, text us. us in for future updates and let us know how it went. I know. We'd, we'd yeah. love, we're following we'd love, the story. We'd love to follow the progress, yeah. Martin. <laughs> Imagine Martin texting my son's 35. <laughs> <laughs> Still living at home and I don't want him to do anything dangerous. Because um, <laughs> I'm paying my diva. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Martin, do get back in touch uh, and let us know. First of all, if you feel slightly more reassured by Nick's answer. And second of all, um, how old your son is too. But best of luck to to him, Martin. Luck, I think it's really like a great initiative. It is. Uh, that's all we've got time for on Drive Live Talks Technology. Aww. It seems to have flown by today. It has. Yeah. Time flies when you're talking about tech. Time time <laughs> flies when you're talking about tech. Oh, so Martin's text back in. He said thanks. He's 13 Ooh, years old. That's that's good. I think that's really that's good. That's a good age to be start to be tinkering on with. And computers. do you know what, Martin? Maybe you should get him to show you how to do it and show you some of these videos because yes. it could be something that they could do YouTube together. YouTube it. Yeah. YouTube it. Do it. Yeah. Do Maybe it. you can both sort of, he can teach you as the, the non-techie dad, yeah. you know, don't end up like me, Martin. <laughs> May the force be with you, Martin. <laughs> okay. That's it for Drive Live Talks Technology. Thank you to Nick Radar. Nick Radar. Why Again. do I keep... You were going so good. I've not so done it good. for ages, have I? <laughs> Nick, Nick Rago is from Tech Radar. Thank oh, you for the brownies and thanks, thank guys. you for the tech talk. <laughs> See you next week. See you. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.